This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. Here we are with belated November Patreon. Are we still going to call it November? It's November's. November's Patreon. We said we'd give it to you, and we're going to give it to you. Sorry it's late. It's late. Yeah. Lacey um, had a baby. <laughs> I did. I was I wrote these notes. I think I finished them the day before I went into labor. It might have been so I don't even know if these are done. No, I'm just well, joking. <laughs> I finished mine yesterday because uh, when you said the story's rusty, I'm like, this is I wrote this two months ago. I'm I in the hospital. I'm like, oh shoo, I don't have to do these notes. I wouldn't either if I were you. It's and I planned on those three weeks getting ahead well and then life was like no you're not gonna get ahead you're gonna get even further behind well the baby's the cutest thing ever the baby is here he's actually here physically now you can say his name on my chest Anders yep baby Baby Anders Anders, and he is the cutest thing ever he's a cutie pie he's Lacey's baby wearing (laughs) uh yeah he's strapped to my chest right now because Samuel's not home yet so like a little koala bear yeah he is he's nice (laughs) and warm my boobs are sweaty actually he's like this feels like a waterbed (laughs) basically it probably feels great honestly I'd like to do that again I know a lot of grown men who would like to do that Oh, man. So we're picking back up. Yes, we're after, back. After being off. Mm-hmm. So um, we're talking about siblings who kill. Yes. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I can go first. You go and right ahead. see if uh, I remember anything about this. <laughs> it's going to be a surprise for all of us. Right? I'm just like, who are, who are my killers again? <laughs> so there's a show on Oxygen called Killer Siblings. Have you seen it before? I've not. I've seen multiple episodes of it, and I don't know if it's still on or not, like if it's still current, but one of the cases, they covers one I'm talking about, and I'll be discussing the killer twins, Robert and Stephen Spahalski. Mine are twins, too, but mine are girls. Oh, oh, I like that. So this one's one of those nature versus nurture questions, kind of yours probably is, too, since they're twins. Little, A little bit. Kind of like... You know, if one sibling is a cold-blooded killer, is it likely the other one would be too? Would they have the same dark impulses and thoughts? If they had a bad childhood together, did that have anything to do with it? So Stephen and Robert were identical twins who were born in 1955. They always had that twin instinct where they'd have a sense of what the other twin was doing or how they were feeling. This seems to be pretty common with twins. Yeah. I've always heard that. And I wonder if we have any patrons that are twins. If we do. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Let us know if you have an instinct of your other twin. I don't know. Well, no, I have twins in my family, but they're not identical and they're the opposite sex. So I wonder if that has. I wonder if that has any. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So the twins grew up in Elmira, New York in the early 1960s, and they were skilled gymnasts when they were younger. Yeah. Their parents divorced when they were 12, but neither of them said that their upbringing caused them to turn into killers. Hmm. I mean, that's their opinion. Like nothing bad happened to trigger them. Yeah. Like sexual abuse or... That's what they say. Okay. I mean, there's also, maybe they're blocking something out. Maybe they don't want to talk about something. Right. Who knows? 
But Stephen was the brother that murdered first. When he was 17 years old, in 1971, he killed a middle-aged local store owner named Ronald Ripley by hitting him on the head from behind with a hammer. Why? I'm not sure. And then he stabbed him multiple times to make sure he was dead. No, he didn't give a motive? Like he wasn't robbing him? or Well, he did. So when investigators arrested him for the murder, he was quick to say, yeah, he killed him. But he claimed Ronald had made unwanted advances toward him. And he was underage. He was 17. Uh-huh. And Stephen said he had to kill him as a result. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he pled guilty to manslaughter. Oh, he so said he was he, caught and arrested. Yeah, he and he confessed. He's like, yeah, oh, okay. I did it. It's because he was trying to come on to me right. and yeah. I killed him for it. Yeah. So police suspected that Robert was also present at the murder as well, so the other twin, mm-hmm. but they couldn't prove it. Mm-hmm. In 2005, while serving time on a later parole violation, Stephen would not discuss his motive with the outlet. So he said, I don't talk on it. If I kill someone, I kill them for a reason. That's all I know. So, yeah. He would spend much of the rest of his life serving various sentences for lesser crimes like robbery, parole violations, and stuff like that. He just became a frequent flyer. Yeah. So he's just in and out, always in and out of jail, prison, whatever. So Stephen's twin brother in the years following that murder was also in and out of trouble and at various correctional facilities. The twins found themselves in the same prison multiple times, which isn't that unusual if they live in the same spot, Mm -hmm. most notably the Auburn Correctional Facility in 1978. There, one of the twins tried for an elaborate jailbreak building a hidden compartment in an old U.S. Army truck that inmates were servicing. So I guess like a Trojan horse, but to leave instead of getting in. So one of them hid inside of it when it was leaving the facility along with another inmate. That sounds like a, isn't that what they did on, um, never mind. Prison break? Yeah. they. I don't know. Well, on all these movies, you see them like hide in like a back of an ambulance or hide in the trunk of a car or... Yeah, they didn't get away with it, but... No one ever does. Oh, no. So corrections officials at Auburn didn't know which brother it was and never figured it out. (laughs) They didn't have any... Okay. That's just bad detective work. They they look the same. (laughs) We don't know who's who. It's like, who was still there? Right. (laughs) It's just... I don't know. Stephen insists it was his twin who ran off. And they caught him. The guards at the time allegedly clocked the runner as Spahalski, just the last name because they didn't know who it was. <laughs> but they threw both of them into solitary confinement because they didn't know who it was for sure. And neither one of them was saying. Right. No. Man, I'm sorry, but if I had a twin, I'd be like, don't put me in solitary. Well, Stephen was saying it was, it was the other her. brother, but they weren't believing him. <gasps> Because the other one wasn't like, yep, you're right. It was me. He was like, no, it's not. Yeah. So the second to last time Robert did prison time would be in 1987 when he was convicted on burglary charges and was thrown into Attica. He was out in 1989. So he was out and about. Robert forged some relationships and worked as a hustler and allegedly became... (laughs) I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's just 
He became a hustler and addicted to crack. That's just... It I just mean, goes it right the, to the point. It was the 80s. In 1990, he started killing, and he wouldn't stop until he was put away for life. In Rochester, New York, sex worker Moraine Armstrong was found dead in her apartment by police on New Year's Eve in 1990. She was wearing one sock and electrical cords were wrapped around her neck. Robert allegedly hung around the scene and even talked to police during the investigation, saying he was a friend of the deceased. Yeah. Yeah. Then seven months later, Robert's girlfriend, of course he has a girlfriend, yeah, Adrian Berger, was found dead in her apartment in Rochester. He was later convicted of her murder, according to court documents, but her body was so degraded, it rotted in a heat wave for days. No cause of death could be determined. Flies buzzed about the windows, and the stench made its way outside. That's That's terrible. Bodies in in the heat, not good. Uh -uh. Authorities determined that she had a relationship with Robert and questioned him. But without anything solid, they let him go. (laughs) They couldn't prove it. So that same year, because he's not in jail, Robert would kill his only male victim with a hammer, much like his brother did Mm -hmm. 20 years earlier to Ronald Ripley. Mm -hmm. Robert bludgeoned Charles Grand to death in Webster, New York. Robert was selling his body at the time, and he had a dispute between men over payments. Well. Yeah, so he bludgeoned Charles with a hammer. For 10 years, Robert stayed under the radar, at least as far as records show. He might have done something else. But he sold drugs, became addicted himself, and contracted HIV. Yeah, not good. All this time, Stephen was serving a 30-year prison sentence dating back to a 1979 armed robbery conviction. So they're just a mess. They're literally. They're just, ugh. So in November of 2005, Robert struck again. Damn. He smoked, quote, too much crack and had a vision of his friend Vivian turning into a demon that needed to be vanquished. I wonder why that's like the go-to yeah. hallucination is like, you think it maybe I don't know, I've never done crack, but if you have, <laughs> don't write do, us don't in. Don't do crack, yeah. <laughs> if you have, write to us. Well, yeah, we won't out you if you're like, no. yeah, I saw a demon well, and I did crack once. You think it's that's... because maybe their faces look like they're I don't melty know. or, I mean, I did mushrooms once and I. Well, that would make sense. Could definitely. Or acid or PCP, yeah, that would make sense. See, like their faces look weird. And then, of course, if I did it, I would automatically assume everyone's a demon. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I would probably do the same thing if I thought someone was a demon. But yeah, he thought his friend was a demon. And And killed her. he strangled her. But then he bathed her body, which... He was high. And then put her in the basement because it was colder down there. Well, he apparently learned his lesson from all the flaws from that last girl. And then this is the... Robert said he would visit her body from time to time to cry and apologize, which is kind of odd well, because all these other people he was just killing. Well, because he was it high, was, yeah, and he it probably it wasn't really actually, was an accident. Yeah, it wasn't actually on purpose. These other yeah. people were that he didn't care about. Ugh. 
both twins appeared to believe in communing with their victims after death. So Stephen also told the Democrat and Chronicle in 2005 that he spoke with Ronald Ripley after he killed him. And they didn't know the other twin did this. He said, he's deceased, but I did business afterwards with him through a computer. His papers are in order with me. He don't owe me nothing. He's going to try to get me, Ronald Ripley, but I already did business with him. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but... Well, it's because you're not a murderer. Yeah, so, yeah. Days after killing this name, I'm not quite sure, Irizari. Is this a typo? Okay, hold on. I'm, I don't know if this is a typo or not. Oh my gosh, guys. I don't... It's two months has passed. I don't know what I'm saying here. Okay. Days later, Robert walked into the Rochester Public Safety Building and confessed, according to the Radford University timeline. Oh, it was about his friend's murder. So he was guilty. He confessed. Okay. After her body was found, he confessed to the three other murders that he was never even, no one was ever suspicious of. He just got away with those other three murders. I mean, I probably wouldn't tell on myself. (sighs) Gosh. In 2006, Robert Robert was convicted and sentenced to 25 years to life for each murder, with each sentence to run consecutively. He was 52 at this time. All of this. Mm-hmm. And that's very young. Mm-hmm. It really is. And not to make fun of appearances or anything, but they look rough. Well, they've had a rough Their life. Their mugshots and stuff. I was surprised they were in their 50s. They just, they've had, there was a lot of crack and murder. Yeah, they were ridden hard and put away wet. <sighs> Jealous. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We're back. We're back. <laughs> when Stephen caught wind of his twins' confession in 2005, while he was serving, because he's been in there since he was 17, and mostly just for robberies and stuff just one murder so his brother's wild compared Mm -hmm. to him he said i thought i was the only murderer in the family he was shocked that his brother had no idea he said he didn't yeah a guard at the attica correctional facility handed steven a news clipping reporting that his twin had confessed to four murders and steven said he'll never see the streets again he's gone well, he would know. <laughs> he would. But Stephen was set to be released on good behavior that same year, but he still didn't get out until 2009. But then six months later, he tried to rob a bank in Elmira. So, you know. Some people just can't help it. Well, that's actually people speculated he was probably so used to prison at this point mm-hmm. that he wanted to return. I've heard that, that people, they get out and they're like, I don't. I don't know what to do. I don't have anywhere to go. I don't yeah. know how to be out here with all this freedom. And so they'll commit petty crimes to yeah. be sent back, to deliberately violate their probation. Yeah. And he was there for such a long time. Yeah. He doesn't really know how to live anymore in society. On the outside. So it, in 2016, he was out again and living in a halfway house back in Elmira. So they asked Stephen about his brother's motives, like, what does he think they are? And he said he wouldn't speculate. He just said, quote, if he killed someone, I don't know what made him do that. Riveting. (laughs) Oh, So uh, that's my case as I wrote it. I mean, (laughs) that's... 
two months old, but it's here we go. Old. Your case is older than your baby. <laughs> it is. It is. So basically, they were twins that just killed people and committed a lot of crimes, and they said their childhood wasn't that bad. So who knows? Well, mine is nothing at all like yours. Great. Mine is about Allison and Anne Datto. So they were born August of 1978 and raised in New Hartford, New York. Oh, to New York. New York. Damn, we should have saved these. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, their father was a doctor. Their sister Amy was two years older. And at age five, the girls found their mother dead in their kitchen. She had been sick and they kind of walked in and found mm-hmm. her dead. Their sister Amy went to a public school in Utica and the twins were sent to a local Roman Catholic school, Notre Dame. So they went to a private school and they were brilliant. Oh, so they were not like these brothers. No, they were super smart. They were kind of loners that kept to themselves. They rarely dated and showered together every single day. They were that close. They were like the same person. They were like the same person, exactly. Wow. So to kind of make up for the loss of their mom, their dad just completely indulged the girls with anything and everything that they wanted. He, they drove his car. They charged thousands of dollars on his credit cards, buying all the designer clothes for school. Like they wore Chanel and Armani to school. Oh my which is how Max wishes he was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but even though like the flashy girls thought these girls were it girls, they'd wear gold from head to toe and carry thousand dollar wallets. Jeez. Yes. In high school? In high school. They kind of look like the movie The White Chicks. Oh my god. If gosh. you want to Google a picture of them, oh, they I mean that's look, fresh in my mind. They look like the white chicks, that movie. Mm. So they both loved to party, uh, smoke cigarettes, marijuana, and they drank a lot. And they did it all week, not just on the weekends, like most high schoolers. They would do it. Their dad just kind of let them do whatever they wanted to. Probably because he worked long hours yeah. and felt guilty. Mm. Yeah. But it never really affected their schoolwork. They made great grades, and they were great at everything they tried. They were both cheerleaders and joined the Navy Junior ROTC in high school, and they both wanted to become neurosurgeons. Anne was more grounded and mellow, and Allison was more wild, so she was hmm. she was the loose cannon. <laughs> and despite their reputation for being party girls... They had no serious boyfriends in school. They just hung out with each other. It's kind of surprising. Yeah, they were just almost like codependent. Right. Not even almost. They were on each other. So as they got older, alcohol became more of a problem, especially for Allison. And they put on weight because that's what alcohol does. And suddenly they lost it like their freshman year of school and then everybody said they were bulimic so they gained all the weight back this was way before what it was epic. in the world yeah so it was just like people i think their thing was they kept to themselves more than they had an out mm-hmm. big group of friends 
which made them kind of a mystery. And they yeah. didn't really talk to people. So people would gossip and right. just make up shit about them because that's what people yeah. do. Yeah. So mm-hmm. girls go to college. And then after college, they move to Palm Beach in Florida and open up a yoga studio called Twin Power Yoga. And it was good. <laughs> it They wanted to share their peace and serenity with others. And okay. they eventually opened another yoga studio in West Palm Beach. And were planning on a third in Boca Raton. Okay. They drove matching Porsches. And they lived together in an affluent area of West Palm Beach in a 16th floor apartment. But just a few months later, the girls left town suddenly, apparently in major debt. They couldn't afford their lifestyle that they were living and their studio or to pay their employees. And they didn't refund any of the clients who paid yearly membership. They just took all the money and left and moved to Park City, Utah. What? Yes. There they opened another yoga studio, which I'm not really sure how, because I thought you were broke and you owed all these creditors and people And if you're taking out loans, how are you getting away with that? Well, how is your credit score Mm -hmm. (laughs) that high? So I guess they just took all the money that they had and that's how they opened it. Weird. It was here they decided to change their names. So Allison and Dado became Anastasia and Alexandria Duval. <laughs> I love that they kept the initials. They did. They Duval. did. Duval. They both ended up filing for bankruptcy, owing more than $100,000 for all the shit back in Florida. And between them, they had $200,000 in credit card debt. Mm-mm. In 2014, They were kicked out of a restaurant in Park City for being drunk and fighting (laughs) and threatening the owner by having the mafia come and kill them. Okay. Wow. Yes. They drove away and wrecked their car in a ditch. Police get there. They're handcuffed. Anastasia tells the police officer to fuck off. (laughs) And (laughs) the police reports say that the girls had been fighting with each other pulling hair and stuff, which had caused the wreck. Both were charged with public intox, disorderly conduct, and Anastasia with assault on a peace officer. They had been arrested many, many times before this, though. DUIs, mm. fling the scene of accident, oh my God. and public intox. Mm-mm. So they're a mess, too. Yeah. In 2015, the police responded to a domestic violence call to their house. And a month later, the police were called again when a woman accused them of stealing $800 from her. So they're just, it sounds like they've not ever had anybody yeah. really discipline them or teach yeah. them right from wrong. They were given everything they, they wanted. do what they want. And do what they want. And there's no repercussions. Mm-hmm. So, so the women then move to Hawaii in December of 2015. They're everywhere. They really are. God. I'm like, I can barely afford a ticket to Vegas. They're just flying all over and start new businesses. I damn sure couldn't afford to go to Hawaii. That's what happens when you're in that much debt. I, guess I mean, so. ask Teresa Judai. This is true. I mean, I'm like, I mean, what? No shit. Anyway. That's a good point. So they go to Hawaii. They're still very messy, though. They are cited for terroristic threatening and disorderly conduct there. But they don't show up for their hearing, and warrants are issued for their arrest. Lord. So in May of 2016, officers get an emergency call around 4.30 p.m. 
that a white SUV collided into a wall and went over a cliff off the Hana Highway. So Hana is at the eastern end of Hawaii. Officers make their way down 115 feet to the bottom of this cliff to the SUV, which is in shambles. Yeah. All the airbags had been deployed and the car was still running and had landed on lava rock and there's water all around it. We'll post all these pictures on the socials because it's like, how the fuck did this car land right there? Yeah. Officers could see the driver, but her legs were pinned under the dash Mm. and the door was too smashed up. They couldn't pull her out. And there was a passenger in the backseat that had no pulse. Fire department gets there, asks the driver's name and date of birth. Alex says that the person in the back was Anna Duvall. They get Anna out of the car. She had broken bones, head trauma, and foam coming out of her mouth. She was deceased. They get Alexandria, Alex, out, and she reeks of alcohol. So she is informed at the hospital that her sister had died, and they ask her questions about the wreck, like how did it happen, and she gets very defensive. Mm -hmm. They ask who her next of kin is. She's very evasive, doesn't Mm -hmm. tell them anything. But luckily there was a witness and they said the two women were fighting before the accident occurred, like pulling each other's hair and punching and slapping each other. It's so weird. They were together all the time, but it sounds like they didn't get along very well. They fought. So odd. Physically, like pulling hair, punching. together and Multiple domestic violence calls have been made years before this. It's I so mean, weird. I, I used to fight like hell with my little sister, mm-hmm. but never to this extreme, yeah. especially while driving. Yeah. and mm. So they examined the car, and at the time of the wreck, the steering wheel had been jerked hard to the right, and Ugh. the brakes were never used. In fact, the car had accelerated. Oh, man. So she is released. Her arm is in a sling, and she books a ticket back to New York. But the police are like, this is really weird. Mm-hmm. They are kind of getting the feeling of maybe she caused this wreck on purpose and tried to kill them both. So they go to her hotel and arrest her and charge her with second degree murder based on the witnesses accounts and what they found in the car, the airbag module, which is it measures steering and braking and the speed an acceleration right before the crash and when the airbags go off. So it measures all of that. So based on what that read and the debris on the side of the road at the scene, that's what they had to charge her on. But the judge drops all these charges after a few days because he said there's no probable cause for charging her with murder. Hmm. Like there's too many, too many things that could have, happened other than her deliberately murdering her yeah so prosecutors are still looking into this but her attorney is like she's going back to new york they she got to bury her sister like it's a whole thing newspapers are reporting all of this stuff all the headlines are like the terrible twins of yoga and when twins try to murder each other how did i not hear about this they're like having a field day with this yeah So Alexandria is arrested two months later in New York for drunk driving Mm -mm. when she hits a state trooper's car. (gasps) 
of all the cars. Three times the legal limit. Oh my gosh. Yes. Three times. She pleads not guilty. And then three months after that, she is indicted for secondary murder of her sister in Hawaii. Mm. The prosecutors, like I said, had been investigating this and building their case. And they presented it to the grand jury and they indicted her. So she goes back to Hawaii to face all these charges. She pays the $200,000 bail and is out while she's waiting for the trial to start. Her attorney files a motion to dismiss these charges based on a police officer misspeaking on behalf of a witness during the grand jury trial. It was denied and they go to trial in 2018. And she chooses to go before a judge, not a jury. So the prosecutor alleges that the crash was intentional. The defense attorney says it was an accident, not a murder. The police officer is one of the first to testify, and photos were shown in court of black marks on the road. He said he saw the passenger and the driver, and there was a witness who said he saw the two women arguing, and they almost hit his car because they were all over the road. Wow. The police evidence specialist then testifies. More photos are shown. There's hair on the passenger side visor and hair on her sister's deceased body and in her hand. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Yes. So the two women were fighting. So it's like, what did she do? I'll show you. I'll kill us both. Like, it seems like a... Well, let me get to it. Okay. So... Another person testifies that the two women were fighting and the driver's head was being jerked from side to side and that Alexandria was fighting back to get her sister off of her. The driver then put the car in drive and drove away quickly. So the car, the witness stopped his car when he saw them coming Mm -hmm. forward and all this shit going on. And then he got around them fast because they're in Hawaii. They're on the fucking cliff. So he's like, let me stop. Speeds around him, gets away. He says the driver appeared very angry. Her hair is being snatched. Yeah. She was hysterical and in denial when the police, you know, that went to the hospital told her about her sister. So this is now another police officer that's testifying. So he's like, she was hysterical. Complete denial when we got to the hospital. Hmm. She smelled like alcohol, but she never cried. She was just hysterical. And then she became very defensive and gave us no information about her next of kin. So now they have to track down the owner of the SUV that was driving, or not driving, that owned the SUV that the girls were driving because it didn't belong to them. Oh, that's weird. It wasn't theirs. It was Alexandria's boyfriend, Lonnie. (gasps) She had a boyfriend? Girl. They didn't share this boyfriend? I mean, I'm not, I don't even have to say it. Ugh. She has a boyfriend? Really? She's crazy. (laughs) So they tell, you know, this is the night that all of this happens, Mm -hmm. that the accident happened. They tell Lonnie what happened. He goes to the hospital. She's telling him, don't talk, don't talk, because the cops are there. Mm -hmm. And so when they leave, get discharged, when they go to arrest her at Lonnie's house, that's when she figured out, they figured out that she had moved out to the hotel. Yeah. So another witness comes forward saying he saw the girls fighting and tearing at each other's clothes. 
Two more people testify that they heard yelling coming from the SUV. Anastasia's boyfriend testifies. That's the deceased sister. Mm -hmm. He said the twins fought a lot. (laughs) That they argued and it would always turn physical. They would fight like grown men. They drank a lot of wine and it just fueled the fire. He and Anastasia decided to go camping and didn't want Alexandria to tag along. So they just didn't tell her. Well, she found out about it. And she comes anyways. And he said Alexandria would tag along on most of his dates with Anastasia. Oh, my God. It almost seemed like she was jealous. (laughs) Well, she probably was. Yes. And her sister always got the guy. And she was just a bystander, basically. Yikes. So the sisters argued all weekend at this camping trip. And Sunday morning, the women got into a physical fight. He and Anastasia had slept in the SUV. Alexandria came up to the SUV and started punching and hitting her sister. He began to cry because he was upset, trying to separate them. And Alexandria poured a drink over his head, threw wet clothes at him (laughs) because he didn't put a canopy up and it started to rain. So he gets out of the backseat of his car and the girls take off in the SUV, and that was the last time he saw his girlfriend alive. So that was the beginning wow. of this whole fight. He stays at the campsite, waiting for them to come back and get him. They never did. Mm-hmm. The next day, he had to hitchhike back to the house, no. which is so sad. Yeah, I would be pissed if I was waiting at this campsite. <sighs> and he didn't know till later that night until Lonnie and Alexandria pulled up at the house. That his girlfriend was dead. Yes. He asked Alexandria questions. She wouldn't answer anything. Then she started to flirt with him. Oh, my. Laying her head in his lap, asking him to help get the blood out of her hair. She takes him upstairs to Anastasia's bathroom and starts to get naked. Oh. He tells her, Put on a swimsuit, something. Dude, my girlfriend, your sister just died. Your sister just died. Ugh. He then helped her take a shower and get cleaned up, and then she put on Anastasia's clothes. Okay. It was the dress that she wore just before her death. Crazy. Ugh. It's like she was jealous. Yeah. Alexandria wouldn't tell him what happened. He kept trying to get her to talk to him. She was looking for champagne. She wanted to get drunk, which is very bizarre. I can't imagine acting like this right after my sister died, especially if I was driving the car that wrecked and killed her. No. So the defense disagrees with what the prosecutor and all these other witnesses had to say. The judge said he believed the police officer when he said that basically the girls were fighting. She jerked her head. By her hair, the sister did. She overcorrected, and that's what caused the accident, and it was not intentional. She is found not guilty and is acquitted of second-degree murder because the state failed to prove without a reasonable doubt that she had driven off the cliff on purpose. Hmm. Yeah. I guess I can see why they wouldn't know for sure. Right. And she would have to be suicidal. Sure. Yeah, so... It doesn't really seem like she was. Right. Mm -hmm. So she's released. She goes back to New York. 
and is arrested in April and charged with felony driving while intoxicated. This girl does not need a car. No. She drove into a field in Wilton, New York. She had a 0.23 blood alcohol content, which is three times the legal limit of 0.08. How do you have this many DWIs? <sighs> I don't know how she's a. And, not, and your driver's license drive. isn't suspended. For real. And you don't have to blow in one of those little blowy things. Yes. I man, I don't get it. No, I don't either. Especially in 2016 times. No. She, she'd have a blowy thing. Listen, she's throwing her whole life away. She's, Maybe it's a way of her coping yeah, with everything that she's knows. been through. But it's still sad. I mean, I hope she's getting therapy wherever she's at because she's been through a lot. But then I found this article oh. about her older sister. There's another sister. Amy, remember? Oh, oh, yeah. Two years older. So buckle up. Oh, boy. Amy is currently on probation for assaulting their father, who is in a wheelchair. Oh, my gosh. These girls are a mess. Yes. So Amy Dado was arrested in July of last year after she turned up drunk and threw a bottle of water and a can of Lysol at her dad. He said she came into the house intoxicated, started verbally abusing me, saying she wouldn't leave my house unless I gave her $100,000. After he refused, she started swearing at him and throwing things, hitting him with them. He had to press his life alert button and request the police. Good thing he had that. Her physical actions have become more abusive that now I fear for my safety, he said. I'm unable to physically defend myself because I'm in a wheelchair and I can't run away. That's sad. Cops arrested Amy, who then told them she had been raped. By him? She just said she had just been Um. raped. She didn't say by him. The officers didn't believe it. When they took her to the local hospital for a rape test, she refused to consent to one and instead asked for an attorney. She was eventually convicted of battering a senior, making a false rape report, and resisting arrest with violence, and is given one-year probation that will end in September. She was also convicted of a DUI in 2009 after slamming into a stopped vehicle at 50 miles an hour. What is wrong with these girls? Okay. It caused a four-car crash. Oh, my God. The arresting officer said she was swaying and staggering. She was argumentative and hostile, throwing her cell phone on the ground numerous occasions, the officer said. Her speech was very slurred and unintelligible. And she looked at me and couldn't keep her head from falling forward. So she was like. She was like Anders. Yes, literally. Yes, literally. Oh, no. He said Amy then tried to get back inside her car and started and drive away, even though the entire engine compartment was crushed back into the seat. Oh, my God. This whole family. They're a mess. One sister is dead from a horrible accident. The both remaining sisters are sloppy alcoholics. They... Have constantly been in trouble with the law. They're in their car 24-7. Literally. <laughs> their mom died super young. It's Ugh. just awful. Like, like I said, it sounded like the two twins yeah. had a very codependent relationship. Yeah. They showered together when they were adults. Yeah. Like naked. I mean, I don't know. I'm not doing that with my sister. It sounds a little <laughs> incestuous. <laughs> Don't want to take it there. Were no, they identical no, no. or no? Yes. I forgot. Okay. I'm t- telling you, they look like. White, White chicks. chicks. Yes. That makes it so weird. Yeah. Anyways, I have some suggestions for y'all, some true co- crime cases 
of siblings okay. if you want to look at them other sibling murders i wonder if this one is on that oxygen maybe show. i've I'll never seen that, that i don't ever watch oxygen i forget about it so uh tasmia and jasmia whitehead killed their mother in 2010 and they were twins have you heard of them tasmia and jasmia mm-hmm. yes oh boy and then of course lyle and eric menendez oh yeah, yeah. killed their parents in 1990 mm-hmm. Kenneth and Carrie Allen killed their mom and grandparents. Mm. One of them they smothered with a plastic bag and the other one they beat with a hammer. Ugh. It's awful. Hammers. I can't handle. Can't with a hammer. Stabbing and hammers. No one do none of that. And so here's some movies of uh, family members that kill. Obviously Halloween. Yeah. Ready or not. Have you seen that? Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's a fun, it's a fun, scary movie. It's a fun, scary House of a Thousand Corpses. It's been forever since they're siblings. The Hills Have Eyes. The Uh, whole family was crazy. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Look at all of these are all family members. You're next. That was families. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess they're more families than siblings. But anyways, they're still good movies. Yeah. Highly recommend all of them. It's cold outside, so you can stay inside. Get all this. You've had enough family. There's been too many holidays, For too real. close together. Yeah. Now you can watch families being murdered or murdering them. <laughs> yeah. Stay inside. Watch a movie. It'll make you feel better about your family, too. Yeah, for real. Maybe. My family's not this crazy, that's for sure. Maybe not. Ugh. But speaking of Lyle and Eric Menendez, have you seen this uh, new stuff that's coming out about them? No. Well, apparently prosecutors claim that, um, or not prosecutors, um, there is a show on Peacock called Menendez and Menudo, Boys Betrayed. Remember the Menudo band? Ricky Martin? Yeah. Well, this is a show on Peacock, and it says that um, there is a boy that was in the band that came forward and said he was raped in the 80s by their dad <gasps> what he was 13 really yes. i have not heard that yes yep 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 so the the brothers just said that the prosecutors claimed that money was the motive because the parents threatened right. to cut them off but the defense claimed that it was years of sexual and physical okay abuse i wasn't sure if it was sexual dad. and yes. physical okay. sexual and physical by their dad who was an rca records executive hmm. so the first trial was a hung jury and yeah. the second one um the testimony was restricted and they were convicted so this new evidence backs their claims that you know yeah. they were physically and sexually abused so this uh I'll have to watch that. I Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying this is the golden ticket by any means to let them out yeah. of jail. You know, they know what they did was wrong mm-hmm. though. They just want the world to know why they did it. That, why they snapped. That they had a they true had a motive. motive. It other wasn't than money. Right. And they were they weren't little kids. They were mm-hmm. you know, they were grown. Yeah. But they yeah they just want the world to know that like hey we didn't make this up yeah just because he made a lot of money and was this big wig guy he was very physically and sexually mm. abusive to us and this guy in the band came forward and was like they're not lying oh God. he raped me when I was thirteen which makes me fucking nauseated Ugh. 
Anyways, welcome back, guys. Yeah. Wow. That was a wild story. Yeah. You have to look these girls up. I will. I'm just got to see these white chicks. Uh, girl, I'm going to have to post this. Let me get this. Let me get this. My dudes are just ugly. Ugly as sin. Let me just Google this real quick for you because you're going to be like, wait, what? Those are the girls? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it looks like they're in a mirror. Yeah. Ugh. There's some, that's so weird. It's very weird. Well, it's weird now just knowing what they right, did, but their yoga did. poses matching each other's creep. That's just creepy. Yep. Ugh. That's them. Well, there's the car. See, <sighs> look at that. It's like a tiny rock that it landed on with all that water around. I can't believe that one lived. With just a, her arm in a sling, there's no internal injuries. You fell 115 that feet. That is a bad wreck. I no. have no idea. No, ma'am. Anyways, yeah, we'll Jeez. post all this on the socials. And welcome back. Welcome back. Have you ever seen Yellowstone? No. This is unrelated. That, I was like, where the hell? So what, that's that one was show your segue? Well, we've started <laughs> watching it, and there's siblings in it that just beat the shit out of each other. A, a girl and a guy. They're but, like in their 30s. I just feel like but that's a little But they're punching, beating. Well, I mean, it's Yellowstone. They're, you know. But Kevin Costner's in it, right? Yeah, it's. I, it started out, and I'm like, I don't know if I can get behind this cowboy type stuff. But it's really good. But there's if a you wear brother one and of those sister. Fucking sweatshirts. Oh hell I no! Swear. Hell no! I'll take your baby. <laughs> no, 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 no. But they like are punching each other, getting like, and the sister's always. Oh my god! Whooping his ass. How many episodes in are you? We're just started the third season. Holy shit! Yeah, this is the show that you decided to watch. Well, Samuel, it's it's a show we're watching together. Did you finish all the other shows? Did you finish Yellow Jackets? No, of course he didn't. I'm done with you. <laughs> I, I know. I don't think I can watch that right now. So postpartum, I've been very picky about well, stuff. Yeah. And I didn't think about that mm-hmm. until I started watching things. And I'm like, certain things bother me. It's weird. Make you sad. Yeah. Like kid stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you'll never get over that. I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> you'll never get over that. Every know. single thing that you hear or watch that has pertains to a child <sighs> – automatically you'll yeah, picture it it's being like too emotional and it gets you real fired up yeah yeah and then that doesn't go away <laughs> and in the very beginning i couldn't do even it scary stuff or like anything i was just like british bake-off that's all i can watch oh and then when we started watching yellowstone i was hysterical i'm not gonna give spoilers but they're on a ranch there's cows there's horses there's animal deaths well, and I was like, I don't want to watch this. Oh I can't do God. this. How many animals are going to die in the show? <laughs> that's that's ranching. Oh, I God. guess well, <laughs> it's not. Pre- well, I'm not going to say anything. But don't ruin it. I may watch it. Yeah, it's good. It's probably not I actually happen. really like it. Well, I had a um, somebody suggest that I watch Fargo. Oh, I love Fargo. Never seen it. I'm <gasps> late to the not? party. Oh, I love Fargo. I may the watch newest it season has John Hamm in it. Yeah, that's one of one of them. And I like it so far. It's totally different from the other seasons, though. Well, yeah, that's what he said. He was like, but "You should good. watch it. You should watch it." So I think I may may do that. I work love out. the accent so much. The Minnesota, North Dakota. I, like I need another reason. <laughs> like I need another accent. Yeah, to fall they're in love just so with. like lovable. I don't know. <laughs> Oh yeah, you betcha. <laughs> it's just like I'm pretty sure that's not it. 
I want to live there. No, I no, don't. You it's don't. too it's cold. cold. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do it. I'm dying here, and it's not even that cold today. It was like 51, and I'm like, have a pea coat oh, on. I'm freezing. It looked sunny and nice, and I went out and was. No. Well, um, January Patreon is uh, going to be all about family curses. So here's your uh, here's your five minute we're warning. Still family. We're we're gonna do some family stuff. So if you have a family curse, yeah, and I are listening to this, maybe I am cursed. <laughs> give us give us a little message. Send us a message. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know if anybody else's families are cursed, or if it's just the wealthy. Or is it really a curse or we just notice more things because they're in the public hmm, eye, yeah. you know? That's an interesting topic. I've never thought about it before, but yeah. Well, we're I'm going to find a poor family with a curse now. <laughs> That's their curse. Yeah. I just think of Sophia from Golden Girls cursing people. There you, you know? go. There you go. We're just Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.